think back to the time that we were kids. We would go to Toys R Us and see that large wall of video games for the N64 all the way to the PlayStation 2 and beyond. But we were kids, we did not have all of that expendable income to get those games. But now that we are adults and we have a little bit of that money, uh, nothing makes us feel a lot better than by just buying a random bunch of video games that maybe we don't even play but we put them up on ourselves and it makes us feel just uh, that much better. So on another episode of A Cast of the Past, it is time, my friends, to share some of our favorite video game pickups of 2020. You can enjoy a brand new episode of this podcast each and every Sunday with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico. Joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ryan McNulty. Now, Ryan, yes. thinking back to January, let, let's go back to the very beginning of the year. Did you think you would get to retro collecting, not just tied to specifically video games, but retro collecting as a whole? Did you think you would go as deep into it as you have? Definitely not. Um, I've been into, uh, like, game collecting, I've definitely been on the physical side of, you know, buying the actual copy of the game. We had that popular video about digital versus physical games, and, you know, we were team physical on that. And yeah. That was kind of where, where it stood. Now, I, you know, obviously I have PS3 is probably my, my biggest game library. And, you know, I was st I still very much like that system, but I wasn't really thinking too much retro, but there was something that kind of happened that really sparked everything underway. And I know, um, you know, the pandemic has obviously been a time where everyone's at home. So a lot of those kind of hobbies like collecting has really, really picked up. Oh, yeah. Um, but for me, it was just finding a good deal for an N64 at a yard sale. I was able to get that and uh, a copy of Ocarina of Time. And then I was pretty much off to the races from there. I think that's what usually happens. It's, it's one of those things that once you get that first thing, you gotta keep going because you have the console. So it's like, oh, I got Ocarina, but maybe I get GoldenEye. Maybe I get Blast Cores and, and things like that. And for everybody watching and listening, uh, at the end of the episode, we're actually going to be sharing some of the uh, people on the Discord. They shared some of their favorite pickups for 2020. And whether it be on Twitter, a cast of the past, youtube.com slash a cast of the past, or even on Facebook, same thing. Uh, please feel free to share some of your favorite picks. And if you enjoy the podcast, you know what you got to do. The five stars uh, makes Keith feel that much better because Keith does, did not want to have anything to do with this episode. I mean, actually, like he's just not part of the, this agenda, but he's not that physical game collector. We are. So, Ryan, when you think about the things that you picked up this year, uh, what would be the first thing you would love for all of us to know that, Ryan, you got that in your collection? Um, so this one is more of one that I think people just don't talk about enough, but is really a fun game. And, you know, the Lego series, don't don't sleep on the Lego series. Um, there's some really good gems in here. So this one is Lego Indiana Jones, the original adventures. There is a second one, honestly, but um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But this is one I played with my buddy back in the day and one of the few games that I've ever 100% completed. And it was that much fun that we were motivated to literally get, do everything you can in the game. Now, this one I came across 
from this huge game hall that I happen to get. My girlfriend is part of this local group where if someone is looking to get rid of something or sell something within the same town, they post it. And this woman was poor, uh, like cleaning up her house. She found her son's like old game collection. I don't know if he's just off at college or he moved out. But she wasn't even looking to sell it. She was literally just looking to get rid of it. So my girlfriend, knowing that I'm game collecting, jumped on it. And I ended up getting like, I want to say like 30 games. It was for something around there, maybe even more. Um, if you want to check that video out, just go to my uh, personal channel, GameEssays.com, and you can see every single game. But this was one of the games I got in there, which I had already kind of had my eye on towards picking up and then happened to come across it here. So, yeah, Lego and in Indiana Jones. I'm a huge fan of the movie trilogy. It's one of my favorite uh, movies, series ever. And I think they did a great job of doing kind of the family friendly edition of the game. And uh, it really retells all of the original three movies. So um, if you're a big fan of Indiana Jones or even like stuff like Uncharted and you want to play more of like a cartoonish version of that, um, it's definitely a great game to check out. I hated you so much when you told <laughs> me about that because I was watching your uh, pickups, which people like, you got to check that out because it's like you didn't pay $1. So even if you paid 10 bucks, that haul was a steal, right? Oh, yeah. And you got a couple of games in there that I'm like, that goes for 15, that goes for 20, that goes for 30. And uh, I love that it's in a diaper box. Yeah. And I think those are the best pickups, right? Because yeah. it's like not sold by a game reseller. Because otherwise, that would never be the case, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Interestingly, yeah, I was in these like baby wipes boxes that we actually use for our dog. So, <laughs> like, we have yeah. a couple of those boxes lying around too. But um, yeah, nowadays, especially with like game collecting and, and just even the easiness of like eBay and, um, you know, Facebook Marketplace to be able to just, you know, take a picture of something and say, hey, I'm, you know, you can easily kind of find the value nowadays. It's not that hard. It's not like it used to be. It's much harder to kind of stumble upon, you know, that yard sale where you see a complete inbox ocarina of time for $2. You don't see that anymore because most people are privy to internet prices and things like that. And you can, like someone will know the value most likely. But not only that, it was just, they were giving it away for free. So I'll, I'll like never find anything like that again and um, you peaked you peaked yeah it's good thing that that happened towards the end of the year because if you had something like that in january it's like dude you're not doing better than that <laughs> well that's the thing is ever since i've got this collection i said okay let's let's put the brakes on because i got enough games and sure enough I get in, I'm addicted to pokemon cards now so if there's a will there's a way i just found another addiction you know it happens. It happens. Uh, one thing is that, you know, many people know we've talked about this here. You know, we're going to be talking about uh, a very special Wii U HD edition of a game in the future. Uh, I love my Wii U. You know, I got that just last year. It was summer uh, 2019. And it's a bit unfortunate that now uh, Wii U game hunting is sort of picking up, you know, like a uh, uh, last year, for context, Twilight Princess HD for Wii U was going for 40 and I was so sure that the price was going to drop that I never got it. Now, it starts at 60 so I'm like, oh, the, the chances of it dropping are very slim to well, none. The prices wait, of it going up may if, be higher. If we do get that Switch release for Twilight Princess, 
the value will definitely go down. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because when Mario 3D All-Stars came out, I started to see Mario Sunshine for GameCube started to really drop in price. So, um, and the Nintendo, thing... Nintendo, get to it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I mean, obviously, I will get that Zelda collection no matter what, even though I have Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD. The thing is... Um, the Wii U experience has its advantages that the Switch doesn't have. So it'll probably still, you know, unlike Sunshine, where it's kind of like, why not just get the Switch version, except maybe like the whole analog controller thing. But for the most part, the Switch version's just as good. Whereas like the Wii U version will always have that unique advantage to it. So I'd say if if you do see the value drop, if Zelda does come out with that collection, yeah, I'll probably then end up getting yeah, it. Yeah, so d- definitely don't try to buy it now. I, w- I would just see what happens next year. But my friend, I'm very happy because I I've done a, an almost daily habit of going to eBay and I have my key search terms, and then I go under newly listed and I check out this. So for the video version, I am showcasing. You know, for those in the audio for context, this is a boxed edition of Skylander Superchargers for the Nintendo Wii U. I got it brand new for with a free shipping for factory just $20. Sealed. Yeah, it was factory sealed. It is open now. It is open now because I'm a firm believer that you buy games to play them. You know, the funny part is that it, I got it cheaper than the ones that were used because the used ones were going for about $35 with like 15 bucks sh- uh, shipping and things like that. And I wanted to get that because uh, Nintendo, you know, Skylanders is this uh, whole twice to life thing. It started with uh, Spyro's Adventure or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's an action platformer where you need to place these uh, different toys in the, the portal of power. And they're brought to life in the video game. And you can grind them up, like not actually kill them. You know, like you level (laughs) them up, (laughs) that kind of grinding. You you do the, the positive grinding and it was very expensive. You know, Toys to Life is no longer a thing, but Nintendo with the Wii and the Wii U versions did a couple of cool things. So I have here in my hand the uh, Donkey Kong Skylander that came with a supercharger. So it's an actual action platformer that you can play all of it as Donkey Kong. And I think that the platforming is, it's not the same as a Donkey Kong game, but it's almost like this unofficial sequel to it. And I'm seriously enjoying my time with it. Uh, Superchargers, it's basically the same formula as the other Skylanders, but they add vehicles to it. It's like uh, land vehicles, air, and sea. Those parts are, they're not bad. They they add Mm -hmm. to the experience. But I think that, you know, if you're talking about something like Twilight Princess HD, that it may drop in price. You know, I read the benefits now of like a lot of these toys were 20 bucks, you know, 10 bucks when they came out. If you're patient and you look online, you can get a lot of them for like $4. Actually, one time, and this was last year, for Skylander Swap Force, I went on Amazon and they had them like new for like two bucks a pop. Dude, they were sealed. The problem is like there was like a crease at the top, like, you know, like where the plastic is glued. So I guess they can sell them as new. Oh, yeah. But I got all of those where it's like that would have cost easily over a hundred bucks. And I got all of that for like what? $12. $12. Yeah. Did you ever get into Toys to Life? I did not, but that that's always nice where you're going to open them up anyway. So to get them for that price is, is a nice steal. And it seems like I know Skylanders was really big for a while. So to come in kind of 
after the the initial wave like you really you are you're gonna get great value and if you're really in it for the gameplay and just getting a new experience and you know great content um that's that's like just a complete steal it's it's all it's all win from there no exactly and you know, we have Scalenders, there's a Disney's Infinity, which doesn't work as well because I know some servers were shut down. You talked about uh, Indiana Jones, like Lego, there's Lego Dimensions, which when GameStop was closing down in Puerto Rico a couple of years ago, I got the starter pack. But that one pissed me off because they are so in your face about, uh, like, hey, you need this. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm done. But I'm really loving uh, this Scalander. And it's definitely motivate, made it, motivating me to getting the 3DS versions because the 3DS versions, you can use the same Scalanders, but the actual games aren't the same. So it's kind of like double dipping. So hopefully I'll get that in the future. So my friend, well, what else do you have? So this next one, continuing with the trend on my end with games based on movies, we have one that I haven't played in a long time. I only used to have the demo, but we're looking at some prequel stuff with Star Wars The Phantom Menace for PS1. Uh, I forget whether it was on a demo disc that I had, but somewhere, somehow, I had the demo to this game. And I played through the demo a bunch of times and always thought the gameplay was really fun. Keep in mind, I haven't really seen this game in basically, what, 20 years at is this point? Is it like point. a hack and slash? I, I don't think I I've ever played it, that. I believe it's, um, it is like a third person action game. I can show the back here a little bit. You can see uh, for those on the video version. But I see Anakin. Yes, you, you... It's like third person lightsaber action. I know you play as, I believe you play as Obi-Wan and maybe Qui-Gon Jinn at times. It's been a very long time, but I do have fond memories of like playing the demo and always wanting to play more. So this is kind of like one of those reclaim your childhood moments where it's like, I'm finally going to get the full game and I will play through this at some point. And just the the whole meme, like the memes of the prequels has really become a thing. So it's kind of made me like appreciate the prequels in their own kind of like funny way like it's now gone to the point where it's like they're they're so bad they're good in a way where uh except revenge of the sith is legit good um but yeah there's just something fun about the prequels now and yeah i just i i love collecting ps1 games now it's just like i don't have many right now i only got like three but um like PS1 is a system I owned as a kid, but didn't really get into too much. I didn't tackle enough. So Tony Hawk was like the main thing I focused on. And like I said, I a couple other games. So I'm really excited to to jump into this one at some point um, and kind of re experience it and actually see what the full game is all about. Uh, I'm, I'm <clears throat> oh, man, I almost died there. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to getting your your feedback about that because... I'm a pretty big fan of playing games based on movies. Like I have, you know, we talked about Terminator Dark Fate. We finally reviewed all six of them. I have a Terminator game on PS2 that's like super average, but I always love to see these adaptions. Like I played the Bad Boys game on PS2. Mm -hmm. uh, once again, still bad. And the other thing I wanted to show here. So this is a very different type of pickup because it's not necessarily about the game itself. Did you know, Mr. McNulty, that... All PlayStation 3s, with the exception of like literally three games, they are all region free. I didn't know that, actually. 
Oh, that, that's a dangerous uh, thing yeah. to know about, huh? Uh-huh. So I got this. For those uh, not on the video version, I got a greatest hits edition of Killzone 3, brand new sealed for $7.50. What makes it unique? This is the Latin America Favoritos, which is favorites label. So you know how the greatest hits in North America is usually like that crappy white label uh, mm-hmm. for like PS3, PS4. In Latin America, they have a gold label at the top and on the spine on the side. You make that spine alive <laughs> by having it showcase some gold. And I love it so much. I think it looks better than the traditional you couldn't help PlayStation yourself on 3 that box arts. I-, I couldn't help myself. We love DDP, man. And uh, did you know that like uh, there are different variations of the greatest hits? I didn't even know that. I was just searching on eBay and then I'm like, wait a minute, why is there like a gold version of this? And I legit bought Killzone 3 because fortunately I only had two. The other ones that the seller was selling, which is what the seller does, right? <laughs> uh, they were all games I already had. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I, I guess I'll get Killzone 3 so I can add it to my collection. Yeah, that is the the whole greatest hits or, um, you know, that type of collection that's always like kind of a contention for people who have like a game shelf because it always throws things off, right? The spine. The yeah, spine, the spine, yeah. the color of the spine will always throw your collection off or when they change things like PlayStation 3 had a different look early in the lifespan for the spine than it did later in like the lifespan. four different ones. Yeah, there's multiple different looks. So your PS3 shelf is going to look all over the place. But when you get that gold... It, that's pretty damn nice. That looks really slick, and I wouldn't mind having a couple of those scattered throughout my my PS3 lineup because I, I must have one behind me somewhere. I forget what the initial, what the regular greatest hits looks like for PS3. I know the PS4 ones are red, so I have a bunch of like red PS4 games behind me because uh, I picked up a bunch from like the greatest hits. But um, yeah, wh- I don't know why they. They only did one in gold. Like that looks so much better. Yeah, than that looks that, so many of the other one of the rare situations where it looks better than the main version. And actually, like I'm surprised you haven't done this because you're a big Silent Hill fan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know how the greatest hits uh, boxes on PS3 they're red. Yeah, people actually uh lar- like they they buy lots of those and they put the horror games in those boxes. So it's like ah. all the horror games in their collection have that red label, and I'm like, oh, that that's smart. So Ryan, that 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 I mean, something I'm just to keep in mind. Something to there. keep in mind. Exactly. So what else you got for us, man? Well, speaking of Silent Hill, we do have here the PS1 Silent Hill, and I already I already showed this one off on our Silent Hill one episode. And like I said, these aren't cheap. The prices have really skyrocketed. I'm like three years too late on buying these. Uh, It's in pretty good condition. It's not perfect. It is a little beat up. The manual, there's a sticker in here that I'm not going to remove because it's probably only going to make the manual worse. Um, But otherwise, you know, the manual is a little beat up on the front and I'm like too afraid to take it out. I've taken it out once, but... Um, the way that it's kind of put in these like jewel cases, it's very easy to like damage it by taking it out because you get these yeah. like uh, little things that kind of keep it in. 
Um, so that's just one of my Silent Hill pickups. And like I said, that was like 70 bucks, which for right now is actually a good price complete with everything. A lot of times you'll find just the disc for like 60. And then I already had Silent Hill 2. So that one I got at GameStop years ago for like 15 bucks. Thank God I did because that's also expensive now. But I also have here Silent Hill 3 for PS2. Not the greatest hits edition, the OG version. Nice. Um, and not only that, of course, it has the manual inside. I'm like bad at angling. <laughs> Ryan, say it. Say it. That what? CIB, because not Ugh. only is there the standard game disc, but there is also a soundtrack. Uh, so Ooh, I, have, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Man. I have both here. Uh, I am so bad at angling. It's unbelievable. But <laughs> You got yeah. it, man. So you the got front it. You one, got it. The front one is the soundtrack here. Um, anyway, that that was not cheap. That was over a hundred bucks. <laughs> but so, what's like your next Silent Hill pickup? Maybe not for this year, but yeah. is there anything that you're really looking at that you don't have yet? Yeah, there's two games I don't have now. I I also did pick up Silent Hill Downpour um, for PS3 along with. Um, homecoming so those are both on ps3 uh, those were relatively cheap and then i also got shattered memories for relatively cheap for the wii there's two missing that i don't have and those are silent hill origins which was a psp game and a ps2 port and that's going for like a hundred bucks right now. And I don't like the game enough to justify spending that much oh, money. That's the worst part when yeah. you want to collect like a whole series, but you eventually got to get to the bad yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then Silent Hill 4, which is also a game I'm not a fan of, is going for like a hundred bucks. Now, I think Silent Hill 4 is better than Origins in some way. I don't know. Uh, they, they have their both things I don't like about them. Um yeah, those are both just too expensive right now. There is an Xbox version of Silent Hill 4. And I'm like, do I want to get the Xbox version? But I'm like, I kind of want the complete PlayStation. You know what I mean? I want PS1, PS2, all editions, you know? You know what I mean? Doesn't it feel weird? Like, how yeah, would you yeah. feel? Like, if you had all of your, all of one series as a PS2 or PS3, and then you had the one, like, Xbox I version? I have the same thing with the wrestling games, because... Yeah. I mean, you were around in that time. I collect wrestling games, and I have PS1, PS2, PS3. PS3 stopped working, so I switched to 360. I go back to PS3, and it's like I have all of the games, like technically, right? If I go by year, yeah. but then there's like two years that it's 360, and I'm like, no, I, I, I got to fix that, man. That that should be so illegal. Did you, did you buy the PS2 or PS3 versions? <laughs> I've done worse. So <laughs> I've started to buy the, the Wii versions, which are not even the same games. Yeah. So it's like I have WWE 12 for PS3 and for Wii, but I still don't have the 360 version. Because I'm a cheapskate. But I want it. <laughs> I, I, no, no, right. I don't want it. I need it. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, yeah. I need it in my collection. Yeah. I think that is a thing where it's just like, if I see, if I had like the full thing of Silent Hill and there's that one green box, I'd be like, I have the collection, but that bothers me so much, you know? <laughs> no, and, oh, okay, okay. Tell me if this happens to you because maybe there's a scenario where you end up getting the uh, the greatest hits version and, and you kind of come to terms with it, but then you're like, 
oh, wait a minute, there's greatest hits versions of the other games as well. So yeah. do I go down that route? I See, I'll ex- like the greatest hits, I'll excuse. Although it, I, I'm not going to lie, I have Uncharted 1, 2, 3 all as the normal boxes. And then my Uncharted 4 is a greatest hits. And it does, it does slightly annoy me, but I can sleep at night. I can sleep at night with okay, that. Okay, okay. You know, it's, okay, it's okay. if it's all for the same system, I can live with it. But yeah, I think if if you have that one outlier, that that definitely would annoy me. Yeah. Okay. The so this one that I wanted to bring up initially, I don't think it was even gonna come out this year. Uh, I played this game uh, digitally when I was subscribed to Xbox Game Pass, and. I don't do a lot of stuff with limited run games. For those that don't know, limited run games is a place that does limited runs of games. That's what they do. And uh, yeah, Ryan, it's amazing. But they do a lot of special editions. And I do have a couple of them. But usually it's for like indie games that that get a physical release. Because they usually wait until the final version of the game or like close to final. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to get a lot of patches. My wife is a huge fan of Streets of Rage 2, so once we find out that there was going to be a limited run version of it, we're like, we got to get it because I'm going to be showing it on screen here. First, you get a nice slip cover, uh, so you get that package, but then the limited run comes with an actual recreation of the Sega Genesis uh, plastic boxes. It's and really nice. The, and the cool thing, man, is that it's two-sided. So right now, at least for the video version, it looks like a like a Mega Drive game based on the European region. Yep. But then you can flip this, and it's like a more traditional Switch one. But wait, there's more. This is like anybody that is opposed to physical game media, this is maybe the most insulting package ever. And uh, and here's why. So you get one box. Okay, Ryan, we are, we are up to one box. But then inside that box, well, okay, Ryan, what do you think yeah. is in that box? What do you think? Is we there, have another box? Is there potentially another box inside the box? There's another box. You got your there's standard the, Switch there, box. There, there's a standard Switch cartridge uh, box, right? So that's just the smaller one. So that way, if you want to place it with the rest of your games, yeah. that's traditional. So then you think like, okay, okay, man, we got two boxes. We're good. Ryan, Ryan. Is there do another box? Do you think box? they fit a third? How, how, did they they did? how do they do it, Juan? I don't know, man. I can't even take the box out. <laughs> but inside of it is a steelbook box, which, like, there yeah, is no It's a little unnecessary. It. That's where you're kind of pushing it a little bit. Yeah, but the thing is, the steelbook looks so damn good. Oh, yeah. That you kind of get over it. It's beautiful. It's it kind of reminds beautiful. me of, like, an 80s movie, like, VHS kind of cover exactly so like uh, my wife usually has one of these boxes in her office i have one in mine and then we have the large box in the game room well because <laughs> so what like, i was gonna say is what i appreciate about the the everything outside the steel book because that's when they're just like they they just were you went crazy too far, man is it's nice that you have the regular switch game case that you can put with your switch collection yeah. but then you have the bigger box that like works great for like the top of your shelf or something like that it's a great like decorative piece to have 
you know, because it, it is like I could see where if you just had that big box and you had it at the top of your shelf, you know, when someone's looking through your Switch library, they're not going to like see that game there. So even though it, it's all of this is completely redundant, I totally get it and I like it. Steelbooks, it's like I think they look and feel really cool. I used to have the Halo 2 Steelbook back in the day. But for a game shelf, I feel like it does stick out a little bit. I don't know. How, how do you feel about them? Yeah, I don't tend to get a lot of collector's editions that are outside the traditional size because, I mean, look at this in comparison to a Switch box, right? Like, this is easily four to five times the size. So, unless you have a collector's section, right, with like a lot of limited mm -hmm. edition stuff, it just messes the whole thing up. Even, you know, I have two video game collections. So, I have the one in my office, which is mostly like Wii U and uh, ps3 but then on the other side and i gotta go like okay so i have shantae and this one i have two limited editions that are way larger than the other ones and this is like the definition of a first world problem right it's like mm -hmm. oh no i have all these boxes that i can't quite put together but they they do annoy me and usually the the content inside the collector edition aren't really justifiable because it's like like mm -hmm. you know this has a soundtrack i'm like guess what I have a thing called Spotify. The entire soundtrack is in there with, with collector's edition. Uh, is there ever a situation that you're like, oh, I, I got to get it because it comes with this, like something unique about it? Yeah, there, there's only one time. I've gotten a few multi, uh, collector's editions. There's only one time where it's like, oh, I, I want that. And that was the Skyward Sword collection uh collector's edition because not only did it come with a soundtrack for the game which was great and i ended up losing because i left it in my old car when i traded it in to get my new car oh no but it's, it's whatever i mean who uses cds anymore for music so uh it just annoys me that i get that missing piece in my case now <laughs> but the missing link yeah that's neither here nor there it was mainly because you got a gold triforce like Wii remote that came with the uh, the game and it's like that just looked incredible and it had the Wii Motion Plus built in. I was like I that that was the easiest collector's edition of my life. Nowadays for collector's edition I'm kind of coming up with with like the whole sealed product becoming like this big thing now. My idea is for especially things like Nintendo my new strategy might be, okay, let's say Breath of the Wild 2 has a collector's edition. I might buy the collector's edition, leave it sealed, and then just buy the regular game and, and play that. And then just let that appreciate. Um, that that kind of might be my new thing is because anything that comes in a cardboard box that's sealed, I don't know if if it gives you the same feeling, but if you see like an old N64 game, like still factory sealed, you're just like, it's so good. It's like, so good. it's just this incredible thing that you're like, that has sat there for 20 years. And same it's thing just with like, like Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Oh yeah. Any, any, any game that like, we're talking any video game that came in like a cardboard box that is still in pristine condition is just like, that impresses me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's sexy, man. Like, it's to sexy. even have this, like, a link to the past that I have that's, it's beat up, but to still have the box, like, really means something. No, absolutely, man. Okay, so going through my last two pickups here, one is a game called Lost in Shadow for the Nintendo Wii. So, the Wii is a system that I owned, you know, we just talked about Skyward Sword, I literally got it 
to play Skyward Sword. So it's kind of one I'm going back through and saying, hmm, like, what have I missed? Is there some hidden gems here? And one, I know you're a big fan of Metal Jesus. I saw a Wii uh, hidden gems video, and this was one of them. And it really caught my eye because it's basically you play, it's like a platformer where you are the shadow and you're manipulating regular objects so that the light kind of creates a different shadow to create a path. So I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but the gameplay I saw made this look really, really cool. So I'm excited to, you know, play this and potentially share my feedback in the future. But uh, that is definitely one I'm, I'm excited to check out. And then lastly, you know, you know me, Silent Hill, we got Zelda. This is Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Now you're looking, it looks like it's in like a blockbuster case. I did get a custom case for it. Um, and I've done this with Ocarina of Time and a few Super Nintendo games. Um, but I, I thought these look really cool. I got these from retro game cases, but there is actually a game inside because I did mention that I got uh, N64 finally re got an N64, and I do have the special like holographic version of of Majora's Mask. It's so cool. I got this pretty cheap for around like forty two dollars, which is really good. Most of the time, you're you have to pay about sixty bucks to get something like that. So I am super happy uh, to get that, and like I, I do want to protect my Super Nintendo and N64 games a little more. So that's why I'm getting those cases, but. Um, though that is definitely my, one of my favorite pickups. Um, I'm happy you got that with a, like a plastic case. I'm doing the same thing with my wrestling games because I have a lot of them and I currently have uh, some of those plastic cases for WCW, NW Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy. So for like the key games that I want to showcase, because it's like if you just put one cartridge there, it's kind of yeah. weird, but I like having that box. Especially N64 because there's no N labels. I think the custom case really really works well now i i did mention on the discord quickly i did find a site that makes the original cardboard like reproduces them how much are we talking about um, though they're they look like they're about 12 bucks a piece but if you get a bundle you'll get them cheaper so if you get three they're like 10 bucks a piece and and if you get like nine it gets even cheaper and i'm telling you dude i think i gotta get pokemon red blue and yellow in those cardboard because just having oh no like, don't don't talk to me about even this if it, you mentioned yeah. that i'm like oh because <laughs> oh. the thing is people okay i don't even own the games anymore i just want the boxes yeah, you How want the box you want the box no and people especially for like game boy game boy color with the exception of like your pokemon a lot of those games aren't expensive without the case so you can get a game for like five bucks, obviously without discounting yeah. a Pokemon, and then you can get the case. Yeah, so that get not like be a bad. reproduced box. Yeah, for anyone curious, it looks like it was boxmygames.com. And if if anyone has already purchased from there and they know, hey, thumbs up, thumbs down, let me know, definitely. Because if not, I'm probably going to try them out anyway, because it looks really cool. And um, I ain't paying, I ain't paying for the the actual no. completed box. It's just, uh, it's a little, it's a little out of my price range. It's ridiculous, man. And in my case, it's not the exact same scenario uh, as what you're mentioning, but. Before I got a lot into PS3 collecting, I got real deep into PS2. The problem is PS2 games, they're either pretty inexpensive or they do go up in price, especially with games like, you know, like the, your Ratchet and Clanks. There's a lot of them. 
So it's not 10 bucks for all of those games, right? It's usually then like 40, 50, 60 bucks. And then some of them are not as reproduced. And -hmm. many people forget that the PlayStation 3 has a lot of compilations where they took the PS2 games and they did an HD collection. And I thought that was cool. So I want to be showcasing two things quickly here. Uh, the first one, I got this for 20 bucks, and it is going for an average of 25 to 30 It's the Jack and Daxter uh, HD Collection for PS3. And many people say this is the best version because there's one for the Vita. Apparently, it runs like crap. <laughs> there's another version on PS4, and people say that one actually runs worse. Wow. So uh, this one includes the three uh, Jack and Daxter games. It doesn't include Jack X, I think it is, which is like a racing game. Not that I really need yeah. it, but... I remember I played the first one, but I never bought it. I just rented it. And it's one of those things that you start renting other games and you kind of forget about it. And especially even for next year, I would love for us, whether it be Jack and Daxter or anything else, it's, I want to get more to platformers that are not, Mm -hmm. you know, Spyro, uh, Mario, like your traditional things. So I'm really happy with this. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that when you picked that up and I was actually starting to eye it because you're like, oh, it's, you know, I found this pretty cheap. And then I came into that game hall and ended up getting the PS2 like copies of it. So I, I think I'll, I'll probably try those out for now. And if I like them, maybe I'll want to pick up the HD version. But definitely, I, w- I probably otherwise would have picked it up. Yeah, no, it's pretty great. And then the thing I wanted to mention quickly with this one is, so, okay, Ryan, like your haul in comparison to this, like my mine is nothing now, but... I went to this pawn shop that a couple of years ago, I got a PS2 game for just $1. And it's like a game that goes for 40 to 60 bucks, which is uh, a champion's return to arms. I went back to that pawn shop, Ryan. Yeah. Because I'm like, they got to have something. I go to the PS3 section and they have a couple of things. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to be like 10 bucks a pop. They're like, they're four, but we're selling them for three. And then as I'm looking, I see Tomb Raider Classics HD but I see your European label. So it, for somehow in Puerto Rico, somebody bought the European version of the Tomb Raider games. And this is kind of a cheat because Tomb Raider Underworld is a PS3 game, okay? Like, <laughs> we got to point that out. So this is a BS. And then Legend and Anniversary, this is their first release on the PS3, but they came out on 360. So it's one of those things that they kind of lump three games up, but calling it Classics HD is is a little weird, right? But it's technically a dollar a game. And because the PS3 is region free, I mean, I got Tomb Raider, Legend, Underworld, and Anniversary for one buck a piece. And uh, this is going for 20 to 40 bucks on average. And I'm hoping I can get more collections like these. Like I was trying to get the Ratchet and Clank one, but that's going for 30 to 40, excluding the PS3 games, right? That actually came out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm pretty pretty happy with yeah, that. Don't all, all sleep things on considered. pawn shops and places like Savers. I happened to go to one the you know the other day, and sure enough, I, I come across a you know Resident Evil 4 for the Wii which I had already bought, but I picked it up anyway because my, my friend didn't have it. And I was like, it's four bucks. And then uh, a couple other games, like there was a Just Dance game that my girlfriend wanted. But most of the time, they're going to have like your Maddens from like five years ago. FIFA, but yeah. every once in a while, they do have they do have something good there. So it's you got to check routinely. Exactly. You got to make that part of the habit. And uh, 
So before we, uh, we, we have finished with our lists, we want to just quickly bring up three of your reactions. This comes to us from acastofthepast.com slash discord. We love our community. If you like this episode and this is your first time either listening to us or, or your first episode hearing pickups, we talk about pickups a lot on that discord. And this one comes to us from Ace Bunny, he writes, uh, oh boy, I got so many games that I bought this year, mainly for Wii U and the GameCube PAL set. And he mentioned specifically uh, Zelda Twilight Princess and F-Zero GX. With uh, GX, he mentions, mentions, uh, that was an enigma for me because I never understood why this game was so loved. So when I found it for 40 euro at a Republic, uh, I I don't know how to pronounce that. It was a revelation. He's uh, in France, by the way. Uh, This game is a molto bene. Wow, that's probably (laughs) horribly butchered. But a, a true effing fast racing arcade game at 60 fps with a tone of a vehicle and a to- uh, and a little bit of action uh thanks sega and amusement vision to create uh one of the greatest gamecube games that's a, that's, you ever play i i have not i've never played actually i played a little bit of the super nintendo f-zero i think but isn't that a really it's a really expensive game to get isn't it for game i mean it's all the technically GameCube, the last yeah gamecube games are have really oh, yeah, skyrocketed Game that's the thing took like for right yeah. now right who would have thought yeah but it, i think it's partly just nintendo nostalgia plus just a lower supply maybe than um other games like ps2 there's just a million copies of everything but plus those cases yeah. are so different i think there's yeah. an appeal to them yeah but uh that's like the last f-zero game as yeah. far as I yeah, know. Yeah, we haven't got one. So, and then this next one comes to us from Madros, who I can never pronounce the name properly, so please call me out, my friend. My favorite pickup this year was Shining Force 3 for the Sega Genesis. Uh, did just get this one in today, though. Uh, Dune Battle for Arrakis. I think that's how you say it. This game holds a very special place for me. It was the first RTS game I played as a kid. I absolutely loved it. Makes sense. It was the first. It was Westwood uh, Studios first. They later went on to create the Command and Conquer series. Are you ever curious about Genesis collecting? Because Genesis, unlike Super Nintendo, they're plastic cases. So for collectors, it is a lot more accessible. But in my case, yeah. I wasn't really a Genesis kid gr- uh, growing up. Yeah, I was not a Genesis kid either. I've always thought about like, oh, should I pick up a Genesis? Should I pick up a few games? Um, it, it's always been in the back of my mind, but it, it just doesn't have the same nostalgia. And nostalgia is a powerful, powerful thing. I wouldn't rule it out, definitely, but it's just not something I'm really jumping to now but the dune i know nothing about dune all i know is the covers of the books and whatever else material comes out always look so cool there's just something yeah, really yeah. cool about it i yet i know absolutely nothing other than i think there's a movie coming out too um but yeah no that that's a really cool pickup and yeah genesis was way ahead of its time with those those plastic cases they really were and the last one comes to us from Amy XOXO, who writes, For me, it is really different. I just got into collecting this year. I already played a lot of games, but never collected them. So when I saw really nice pictures of game rooms, I thought, this is damn sick. I want this also. So then I started buying stuff secondhand, and I started watching YouTube videos about other games and consoles, which I didn't have. But uh, my favorite pickup is the Nintendo Switch that she got last week. Never heard, never thought I would like the Zelda games this much. But damn, Breath of the Wild is such an addictive game. 
And I want to transition that to you because you talked about a lot of pickups, but objectively your biggest pickup this year was the actual PlayStation 4 console, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, I got in very late to PS4 because we already have PS5 out now, but I did get a PS4 Pro and behind me, uh, for those on video there, you could see all those blue tops. That's all, all the PS4 games I have. Um, I've only really played through Last of Us and Last of Us 2. Um, I did kind of touch on, I played a little bit of Sekiro until it kind of beat me into submission. I'm, I will come back to that game. Uh, and of course, we got Cyberpunk coming out um, in very, very short amount of time. So about 11 days as of this recording. Uh, so I'll definitely be checking that out. So that that was like my big new pickup. And now it's already PS4 is becoming kind of old. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's always nice to come in late because you get a lot of you get your money's worth. That's for sure. You can play all those games get them real cheap, get all the greatest hits for like 20 bucks. So uh, it's it's definitely recommended if you're trying to game on a budget. It's it's not always the best thing to do to be like right on the cusp and like getting a PS5. Like just wait, it'll be on sh- in it. Give it a year. It'll be easy to just go into a store and pick up a PS5. Please don't overpay for the don't pay like 800 bucks. No, say no to yeah. scalpers, people. Yeah, don't don't encourage the, the scalpers. Yeah, please don't. But uh, I'm very happy with this. And, and this is probably going to be an annual tradition because as we, we get stuff, sometimes it's like I've really learned to cherish my video game collection. And even before we, we talked about this episode, I was looking at my shelf like, what am I proud of getting this year? Mm-hmm. And then it became of like, what do I want next year? I think we all go through phases. So it's going to be very interesting to see what's Ryan's trend for collecting next year. You know, what's going to be my trend because uh, we are trendsetters. So people, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, you can leave that five-star review on your podcast apps of uh, choice. Thank you to all of those beautiful people from the Discord. Once again, acasttothepast.com slash Discord for being part of the conversation. Stay tuned because we've talked about Wii U. We've talked about a couple of different things. And I think all of you are going to be very happy with uh, one of the games that's going to give us closure for 2020 right here on another exciting episode of A Cast to the Past. And um, Keith, you edit the audio version of this podcast. Man, he's probably cringing so oh, hard yeah. because he'd just be like, so much plastic, man. So much plastic. <laughs> but we love it, Keith. And we love you too. 